What is up, everybody? Welcome to today's episode of Roll for Persuasion live on Twitch. Uh, very excited for today's episode. Very excited that I've overcome a plethora of technological issues to actually get the stream live today. Um, any of you guys who have messed with Twitch know that it can be tricky, but we're here, we're live. If for any reason you experience an issue with audio or video or anything, drop it in chat. We'll be keeping an eye on it and you can let me know. We'll try and fix it on the fly. Otherwise, you can always subscribe to the show because it is in fact a podcast. You can go to your podcast app of choice and subscribe to Roll for Persuasion and hear all of my awesome conversations with creators and creatives and tabletop gaming. It's a joy to get to chat with these cool people each and every week. And we have an incredibly cool person with us today. I'll get to her in just a moment. But first, I want to say thank you to my friends at Hero Forge because Hero Forge is what helps make this show happen. And not only do they make the show happen, they make awesome miniatures happen on your tables and your games. You can go to heroforge.com and literally create. Uh, I'm sure someone has quantified the number of combinations and things you can make on Hero Forge, but I certainly haven't. It's a crazy amount. They're adding new things all the time. Every Tuesday, they drop new content updates. You can go and make the uh, custom, custom miniature of your dreams with different species and you can paint them digitally and then they'll paint them magically as they print them. It's insane and I don't know how they do it. Witchcraft is involved, I'm sure, but the final product is amazing. I'm a huge fan of Hero Forge and they help this show happen. So a big thank you to them. And now without any further ado, I want to bring in my guest. I mentioned her. I'm, I'm using a totally new streaming system today because uh, upgrading your operating system the day before a live stream is not advised. So Let's see if I click the right button. It's going to be a 50-50 chance. And it looks like I did. I'm very excited to have Lisa Penrose with hey! me here today. It worked. Everything seems to be working, uh, which is fantastic. And you are here, which is even more fantastic. How is it going? It is going well. It's going weird because we're in the week between Christmas and New Year's. It's like this in-between time where it just feels like we're floating. You never have any idea what exist. day it is, right? Yeah. I'm like, today's exactly. Tuesday. Every day is Tuesday. Yesterday was Tuesday. Tomorrow's Tuesday. Um, Lisa, as, as many of you know on the stream and as many in the community know, is uh, just a, a fantastic personality in the D&D community. She is a content creator. She is a streamer. She is the brand manager for DMs Guild and the creator of Mundane Magic, uh, among many other things that I'm going to find out about today. Um, it's so awesome to have you. Uh, thank you for joining the show. Well, thank you for having me. So I, I want I want to dive right in because I always enjoy talking to people who do a lot of things um, because there's there's always plenty to talk about, which is great on an interview program. But I, I'm curious, uh, give me a rundown. I kind of gave the, the six word snippet of what you do. But what all do you do in your own words in the tabletop community like right now? Well, right now, gosh, I feel like I've worn a lot of different hats uh, in my a career in tabletop. Um, right now, though, I am the brand manager for Dungeon Masters Guild, which is a publishing platform uh, for folks to publish their own fifth edition D&D things. That's my day job. Um, and in the light of the moon, uh, I stream, uh, I uh, write D&D adventures and do other game design. Um, and goodness, I think that those are the hats that I wear right now. But mm -hmm. in the past, I've done a lot of community management for different aspects of D&D as well. Sure. So, so you're pretty deeply involved in the community, it's fair to say. Um, yeah, Del, <laughs> I do a few D&D things. <laughs> a yeah. couple of them, yeah. And how did, how did all that start for you? How did D&D how did &D start for you? When did you get interested in gaming in general and then really in playing tabletop role-playing? 
Yeah, so I actually, until I found D&D, I didn't really think of myself much as a gamer, and I hadn't mm-hmm. done any other tabletop role-playing games. Um, it all sort of happened when I was doing, in my previous life, uh, doing marketing for a salad restaurant business. I was doing that for five years and then decided I um, I wanted a change and so kind of took this leap of just quitting my job uh, suddenly. Oh, wow. and, yeah. Well, I gave them six months notice, but... <laughs> suddenly. <laughs> But yeah. deciding to uh, deciding to to leave and take a year off to kind of find myself. And during that year off, it was very what have I done? Like immediate doubt, immediate yeah. depression. Like what have I done? Did I just ruined my life. Um, and so I was just binging YouTube videos um, uh, and was watching lots of Will Wheaton's tabletop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I finished all of those, YouTube was basically like, well, I don't know what there's left to give you now. How about this four hour video of Critical Role? And I was like, what is what is this? I clicked it almost more out of curiosity, planning sure. only to watch a few minutes, and I was sucked in immediately. Um, do Do you remember? Do you remember what episode it was by any chance? Like, oh, it was the first episode. Oh, it was the very first episode. Okay. Yeah, it was very early on yeah. in Critical Role. So at the time, there wasn't there. I mean, even a little bit of Critical Role is a lot to catch up on, sure. but it was doable, right? Uh, at that time, and so I, because I wasn't doing anything else, I kind of binged all of Critical Role uh, up to that point. And went uh, to my friendly local game store and signed up for a game. And I just remember how nervous I was during that game. Um, uh, with the it was a huge game with twelve people. Oh wow! Um, and the DM and our we were on a ship that crashed, and the DM was going around the table asking people, "What do you do when the ship is crashed?" And I knew every single person was being asked, so I knew I was going to have to role play in front of people, and I was so scared. And I, it got to me and I was like, I guess I find some debris and try to make a raft. And everyone was like, oh, that's so smart. Oh, that was so good. And the DM made a bunch of other things happen because I'd made the, done, uh, created a raft for people. And I just felt like, oh, is that, that's all that this is? I can do this. And it, I could keep rambling on and on, but finding D&D was sort of this wild, it became this wild, crazy whirlwind that led to me working uh, in yeah. the game itself. And, and was that a desire like early on? So you were in this time where you were finding yourself or kind of figuring out what you were going to do, which, which by the way, bravo, cause that's a very hard thing to do. I think for anyone scary. to step out of security into kind of the unknown, knowing that they're trying to find the thing that will bring them joy or that, you know, they have purpose in, but not knowing what that is yet, that's really hard. And it seems like you've really kind of landed in it. Um, but I was it, lucky in so many ways, yeah. I mean, which really is like, I think for so many people I talk to who are in the industry, um, for myself now that I work in the industry, like it, there's so much, there's so much luck involved, but also being prepared and ready to take advantage of opportunities when they come up. Um, so what was, what was kind of the first opportunity or the, or the first move you made into working in D and D if you will, and not just playing it? Um, I think it probably, it wasn't even really working at that time, but I think the first step I took, um, was after I went to my first convention in uh, New Jersey, DexCon, uh, I experienced the D&D Adventurers League and specifically I experienced a D&D Epic. Um, I don't know if you are familiar with Epics or have played an Epic. I'm not, no. Okay. So it's like a room full of tables, um, and, there are like tens of tables and all of those tables are playing D&D together. 
Um, it's kind of like a raid equivalent okay. for uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Sure. You're, uh, all the tables are different squadrons, and what one table does will influence the whole goal and also maybe oh, things wow. that happen at specific other tables. Um, there's actually someone in the chat right now who I met at that convention. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, yeah. Um, so And that like blew my mind. It was so amazing uh, that I decided, well, this needs to happen at my friendly local game store immediately. And at the time, epics weren't really happening at game stores, uh, but I was very tenacious and really wanting to make it happen. Um, so I started organizing an Adventurers League night at my game store and um, pestered the administrators of the D&D Adventurers League until right. they let me run an epic there. It was so crowded. I know like the whole time I had to be counting how many people were in the building because we were like that close to the fire code uh, and stuff. And um that sort of became me organizing epic events throughout the state, uh, which got the attention of the D&D admin, admin team. Um, they thought I was pleasant to work with. They knew that I was a freelance writer uh, elsewhere in my life. Uh, and so a few things happened in rapid succession that year. Um, I was invited to write for the D&D Adventurers League. Um, okay. So getting my my first professional um uh, writing gig. Um, I was invited to the Guild Adepts uh, soon after that on Dungeon Masters Guild. Mm -hmm. um, I was invited to join the administrative team of the D&D Adventurers League. Um, and then in the fall of that year, uh, I got an email from Chris Perkins asking me to write for one of the hardcover books. Uh, all of that happened in one year. Yeah, uh, so yeah. it was like my head was spinning. Right. Uh, super wild. It, it's it's crazy. Um because I feel like there's there's a dichotomy might not be the right word, but but there's this very real reality that to find success in any industry often takes um, you know time plus effort plus more time plus more time plus more time, and there's a lot of of grinding. But I feel like a lot of people I've talked to because this community is so tight knit, um, and so many people know each other and are aware of each other. I feel like I've I've heard so many stories like yours, and in many ways my story is a little bit similar. Um, where people are like, oh, I kind of, you know, got in doing, doing this thing. And then out of the blue, some person contacted me and was like, hey, will you come do something else? And now you're like full in it um, in a very short period of time. And I think that's a very cool aspect of our community that, that is very relational, right? It's a very relational game, but very much the people who work in it. I mean, um, you, you, were, you were in my chat recently, why James and Tricasso on, like everybody knows each other and there's a lot of... Um, a lot of support and that whole kind of like rising tides raises all ships. And it's, it's a very cool vibe. I think that I haven't seen in a lot of other businesses for sure, but even kind of fan communities. Oh, hundred percent. And I guess any industry networking is a part of things. Sure. Um, but I feel like uh, being just like a kind, friendly person involved in the community, nice to work with when you do work with people mm -hmm. makes a, such a difference. Um, and when I was first approached for a bunch of those D&D Adventurers League opportunities, I actually did ask um, the person at the time who is sort of um, recommending me for all of these, Bill Benham, like, OK, why me? Why am I sure. getting these opportunities? Yeah. Um, and his answer uh, sort of touched on all the things I'd been doing in my life up till then. Mm -hmm. um, he knew that I was a freelance writer, so I had writing skills. I worked in marketing, so I knew also how to write under constraints and that I was really creative because I was very loud on social media about everything I did from soap making to silversmithing to I, I was in a lot of crafts. Um, and so that was um, that was pretty cool to feel like everything I've been working on in my life 
has kind of culminated in these really cool opportunities for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I think so often in life we can, um, especially around careers or work, we can get really hyper-focused around, um, like a career specific thing, like, oh, I'm really good at email marketing and that is a thing I do. And that doesn't, my job doesn't really touch the other areas of my life that very much make me who I am. Um, so it, it's really awesome when you can bring all those different pieces together uh, to do something that you love and enjoy and can make a living off of. And not only that, when other people see it and they see the value in that, right? And they're like, hey, we we think it's super cool that you are doing silver crafting or, or this other, you're writing. And we think that's what makes you a really well-rounded person because it is. And we want to work with that. That's, that's a, I don't know, that's a great feeling. I muted my mic while the police were coming for me. Um, uh, absolutely. I, and I think um, it's probably true of, of different fields as well, but I feel especially tabletop and creative fields, that well-roundedness, that experience mm. from doing different things uh, becomes so important. Do you Any have sort of storytelling really? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's funny that, um, before I, I got into uh, D&D, and I work for, I work for uh, Dwarven Forge now, so I do marketing for Dwarven Forge. Um, but before I did that, and even kind of before I did my podcast, that was how I described myself to people. I was like, I'm, I'm, I work in marketing, but really I'm a storyteller. Let me explain to you what that means. And I even remember in job interviews, I'd be like, okay, go with me here. Have you ever played Dungeons and Dragons? No. Okay, well, let me explain to you why the fact that I do makes me a really good candidate for your job. Um, and, and yeah, and storytelling as a concept is so cool because it takes so many different parts of self, whether that is your craftiness, whether maybe you're, um, you know, a math head or, or, or some different skill, all of that can be wrapped into how you tell stories. And when you find your place to do that, and I think tabletop gaming is a great place for that. Um, it's a really great thing, especially with another group of people who all want to tell that story together. Yeah, absolutely. I think what's really important about what you just said is it's different parts of self, but different parts of your unique self. Yes, yeah. You can have be made up of totally different parts and interests than someone else, but that influences your specific style of storytelling and the, becomes your strengths. Absolutely. So speaking of storytelling, um, like you said, you write, you've written for, uh, you know, the Adventures League and, and um, other things, I'm sure. And I'm sure you've written things that you've signed NDAs and you can't even tell me about. So that's probably pretty cool. <laughs> But uh, you recently released a whole, it's, is it a game system, Mundane Magic? Yeah, it's a whole, it's a one-page RPG, oh, Mundane I Magic. Oh, I love, I love, like, sorry, I legit love one-page RPGs because I hate prep and I love improv. <laughs> so if you can give me a, a baseline thing, so cool. So, so tell me, tell me about Mundane Magic. Like, what is it? How'd you come up with it? Like, give me the whole spiel. Yeah, so one day, one day, Mundane Magic um is a one-page rpg where you are playing a, this really powerful coven of crones um essentially you are the fates and you use this magical artifact called the loom of destiny but the premise of the game is one of you again maybe the same person but i'm not going to name names broke the loom of destiny so now i have to roll up your sleeves descend into the material plane anywhere in time and space um and um uh, a mess in people's lives uh, uh, the old-fashioned way with just your normal all-powerful magic uh, and also your wits sure so so it's, it's rules i'm looking at it right now um hold on i'm pulling up the link so so what is it like have you ever done even just like a one page before have you ever done that or have you typically done like more like the creative like I've adventure done, yeah i've been so i guess I've designed mechanics and stuff. So I've all, mm -hmm. I've been technically a game designer, but I've said uh, on, on Twitter and to, to my friends 
that I've primarily, and in fact, not even primarily, I'd solely written in D&D 5th edition. Um, and primarily within that, I'm an adventure writer. And so I've always called myself a D&D writer. Okay. Um, and it wasn't until Mundane Magic that I felt like a game designer. Um, the the general concept of mundane magic i wanted to do some sort of game where you played witches and i wanted it mm. to be focused on spell casting and for that to be really um really free form and that's what your improv aspect of the game is sure. the spell casting um but and i originally concepted the game during the summer like maybe july or august um but I felt sort of I reached a point where I felt sort of stuck. Like I knew I wanted there to be like three really simple stats. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew I wanted moon phases involved in some way. But at the originally I was like, well, I guess I want there to be different focuses. So maybe I can make a list of focuses. And then for each of those, there are spells. But then it's going to be this huge, long thing of spells. And I just kind of let it sit on the shelf. Sure. And it wasn't until I played this other game uh, called Good Society Okay. Where suddenly everything clicked for me. So uh, Good Society uh, is this Jane Austen RPG, and it is a diceless system. Okay. Um, and you uh, basically have tokens instead. So you're, ba- you're just role play um, and tell stories with the rest of the table. But if you want to make something happen, you can offer a resolve token. Um, and the... Um, the limits on the resolve token is that you offer it to someone and they can politely decline if they don't want that to happen. Um, So it's collaborative in that way. Um, And the idea that tokens could exist uh, is what immediately made me think, oh my gosh, mundane magic. What if there were some way to make, do spell casting, but with tokens in some way? Sure. So the main mechanic of the game is that there are five spell tokens and you can cast spells that are flavored based on the focus that you choose using one to three spell tokens. And if it's three spell tokens, you can cast a more powerful spell. And it's kind of up to the table and the DM what number of tokens feels right. And But I needed a limit on spell casting right. in some way. So the limit is that once you use a spell token or two or three, they get flipped over and they become chaos tokens then that chaos tokens are a resource that the dungeon master can use. Oh, okay. Um, so there's yeah, so the, the give and take, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so the whole game, when you're playing it, has this sort of pendulum feel where there's other ways you can cast really small, like almost sort of like prestidigitation level magic. Okay. Um, but if you want to cast a spell spell, you have to use spell tokens. And because your really powerful artifact is broken and you're messing with time and space and fate... Um, there are consequences uh, that the chaos tokens uh, create, and it sort of swings back and forth the storytelling, which is actually um, all my playtesters noted that, which mm-hmm. felt really good because that was kind of the goal of the game. Like, so for example, in one playtest, someone um, was dealing with these were cats um, who were all about to transform because uh, the full moon was about to happen, and she panicked and used her spells to make them all fall asleep. Um, the GM then used three chaos tokens from that, uh, to make the entire city, all of New York city fall asleep, um, which actually ended up helping them. So chaos doesn't always have to to hurt you, but yeah. So that's the idea of the game. I love that idea because, um, and this isn't a knock on other one page RPGs. I, I, I really, I enjoy so many of them, 
but oftentimes, um, I mean, that's part of the trick of a one pager is balancing like, like limited stats, limited abilities. So it's not overwhelming, but I love the idea that, uh, that that pendulum swing can go both ways. Cause lots of times in some games, uh, it'll be like, if you get too far on this end of the spectrum, then the game's over or a bad thing happens. But I like the idea that it becomes a resource then that the DM can use. And so there's that kind of like give and take and balance. Um, that's super clever. Yeah. What I also like about it is that the GM uh, uses those chaos tokens to make chaos happen, but add like challenges and kind of, I guess it's sort of the concept of failing forward. It pushes mm. the story forward. Sure. Um, so the players aren't necessarily trying to avoid letting the GM have chaos tokens. Okay. That's part of the story. Yeah. That's super fun. It, 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 it's out in the world now. So, which I, I think can be both the hardest and most exciting part of creating something. But what was that like when you finally kind of push publish or whatever you click on DM's Guild and, and kind of send it out into the world? Um, uh, it was, uh, well, I actually got it ready, like almost a week, exactly a week before I was going to set it live. So it was a lot of waiting and like, I wish I hadn't told people it was going to be this day. <laughs> yeah. I want it to be now. Yeah. Um, before I could finally hit the button. Um, but, uh, it's exciting and folks seem to, uh, from reading the game, uh, be really excited um about how i guess like uh elegant but interesting and also kind of wacky uh it is so it's a one-page rpg but i also include a separate one pager that is starter scenarios for okay people. yeah um and so the starter scenarios are you're in the future helping uh, a high school student win student body president you are in Victorian London, but it's a timeline where people evolve from dinosaurs. Okay. Um, and you are in the 1990s and you have to help a cat win a cat show, but it's like really hideous. Okay. <laughs> um, so people are like, the, the scenarios are pretty zany. Yeah. Um, and so people really are really enjoying those. Uh, and I have a few folks who said in January they're going to stream the game. So oh, very I'm really exciting. excited to, to not just have people play it, but to get to watch people watch it as it. like an entertainment thing that's that's very cool yeah um i know uh in chat guys we we're having some issues with uh the video quality dropping out i think i reduced that so we should be good to go um if uh if anyone's still watching there no uh and you'll have to tell me if i can do this on dm's guild if i if i want to give away your game can i do i just like buy it and then email someone the pdf um so drive through rpg drive when through, you yeah. buy some yeah when you buy something, it's the same with DMs Guild. Okay. When you buy something, you have the option to gift it oh, uh, to perfect. somebody else. You'll just need their email address to Good send to it know. to them. Good to know. Well, in that case, keep an eye on my Twitter at Roll Persuasion. Uh, later today, oh, I'll yay. do I'll do a giveaway. I'll get a copy for me. We'll give away a couple copies because um, I love fun games. That's super cool. I love hearing you talk about it. It's great talking with people about games that they make because they're so, I mean, we, you, people are so passionate about the things we create, especially when they're near and dear to our actual passions. It's not just like, you know, marketing and advertisements for salad, maybe not, but like a game that you really mm -hmm. care about. So it's super fun to hear like your own um, passion about it come through. So I'm excited to uh, to play it. Yeah, I'm really like I'm just really excited that um, I, I played Good Society to give me that idea for tokens because I just feel like the mechanics for this game are like really, really elegant and work really well. Yeah, that, to that token concept, I haven't played with that in a one pager before, so that sounds like a lot of fun. I'm curious. Um, if you don't mind, I, I, I would love to hear your thoughts on sites like DMs Guild and Drive Through RPG and what you think they offer to the community. Because I have my own opinions, but I, I would much rather 
hear yours. So uh, that's kind of an open blanket question. Like what, what do you think having resources like that, not just for um, players and DMS to consume, but for people to go out and really essentially create a name for themselves or income. Um, what do you think the value of that is in the community? Yeah, well, I can speak to Dungeon Masters Guild specifically because DM's Guild's my baby. Um, so DM's Guild, if you're not familiar, is a marketplace where you can go and you can find 5th edition um, new rule supplements, adventures, player options, like everything under the sun um, uh, for your games. Um, if you are a creator, you can, it's a license as well. You can license uh, IP that belongs to Wizards of the Coast. So if you've mm -hmm. ever wanted to write for the Forgotten Realms or Eberron or Ravenloft uh, and publish and sell your work, Dungeon Masters Guild is the only place where you can do that. Uh, but the third part of Dungeon Masters Guild, which I think is very unique to DM's Guild as a marketplace, is that it is a community. Um, our writers there, so... Uh, this is more of like one bookshelf. That's the parent company for DM Skill mm -hmm. and Drive Through RPG. It's kind of more of like one bookshelf jargon. But DM Skill is actually technically a community um, a community creator program. Okay. And so our authors are community creators versus publishers that you mostly see on Drive Through RPG. And it, there really is an emphasis on community. Uh, if you, uh, they have their own unofficial discord group, but also DMs, the DMs guild community is very active on Twitter. If you follow hashtag DMs guild, there's always conversations happening. Um, and more and more we see creators, first of all, helping each other. Like if there's a new creator who wants some advice, they can put out a tweet and they'll get encouragement and help and resources. Um, you see more and more creators collaborating okay. together. So that could be small groups of collaborators who found each other and really want to work together. Um, so there's like two or three creators who you see often publishing together um, or large anthology projects um, that people create and there's open calls or even anthology projects where um, the organizer is specifically prioritizing new creators or creators who haven't earned bestseller sure, yeah. yet working individually. All these sorts of different things. If there's this community where people are passionate about the same thing, um, but also passionate about supporting and helping each other. Something you, you said before, like the, the tide rises, um, right, raises yeah. all boats. That's awesome. Um, and how long have you been at DMs Guild now? Uh, goodness, um, I've been at DMs Guild, I think a little over two years now. Have, have you had any, any moments while you're there where you were just like, whoa, I can't believe that I get to do this as a job and that X just happened in front of me. Does, does that make sense? Like, you're like, oh, I can't believe, you know, this, my little baby's all grown up, stuff like that. Um, I think, uh, that two things come to mind. Uh, one, uh, seeing the uncaged anthology happen. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was actually pretty soon after I joined because I, um, or joined DM Skilled because I'd signed up to be a writer for the first Uncaged Anthology. And then after I was hired, the first Uncaged Anthology was released. Um, but seeing that get published, I saw a whole fresh group of creators, marginalized creators, um, women, creators of color, um, trans creators yeah. feel comfortable on Dungeon Masters Guild and feel like it is a place for them. And that felt amazing. That's a really big goal of mine mm -hmm. uh, for Dungeon Masters Guild. Um, we try to like break down barriers to entry of publishing. Um, and so even like perceived barriers yeah. uh, 
being able to break those down was really, really big. And the other moment uh, that felt really, really good was last year's PAX Unplugged. Um, I held the first uh, like official meetup at uh, at a convention and I thought it was going to be like five people there because it was before the convention opened because my colleagues had meetings once the convention opened. Yeah. So we wanted them to be able to be there. Um, and it was at this little coffee shop and I was going to buy some people coffee and like maybe have a plate of like croissants or something. Um, and so like 50 people showed up uh, or something. There was like a line oh, wow. and I recognized all the people in the line from yeah. the Twitter profile pictures. And I just stood there buying coffees for everybody at the counter. And eventually it was like, okay, here's my card. If they say they're here for DMs Guild, they get coffee. Yeah. Um, and uh, everyone was like so excited to meet each other and like shaking hands and hugging back when we could do that. Right. And everyone was so excited to meet me, which felt amazing sure. anyway. Um, it was, uh, that was really special getting to meet everybody in person, yeah. I think. How do, how do you think, or how have you seen, um, the community adapt to the lack of conventions this year to the, you know, the restrictions of us, you know, staying home, trying to keep each other healthy. Um, how, how have you seen people pivot to still try and have those, uh, moments of interaction and connectivity that we can't have in person right now? Yeah, well, I feel like it certainly hasn't slowed uh, collaboration uh, between folks. I mean, most of the collaboration work people were doing was through uh, the Internet uh, already. Sure. So continuing to see those big collaborative projects. I will say I have noticed more creators uh, making games that are specifically created for or adapted for the times. Mm -hmm. So um, D and D duets uh, or two player D and D adventures. Um, uh, like there was a big uh, anthology that came out called table for two. Okay. Uh, so games that people can play in like really, really, really small groups, like maybe just your roommate who you've been trying to convince to play Dungeons and Dragons. And now they have nowhere to escape. You have a literal um, captive audience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or your partner. Mm -hmm. uh, it's great. Like date night D and D. Yeah. Uh, those sorts of things. I've been seeing people adapt their work uh, to those sorts of formats. What are you looking forward to most once we can safely go back to conventions? Is there a specific convention or, or is it just purely getting to see people again? That's uh, that's most exciting. Getting to see people again, I mean, I I think I come across very extroverted to folks uh, who've met me, but I'm actually extremely introverted. Mm. Um, so conventions have always, I love them, but they take a lot of emotional energy sure. for me. Uh, but this year, not getting to go to any of them, uh, I miss them. Um, I'm ready and raring to go. So just in general um specifically i'll have to see there's a lot of circumstances to whether i would feel comfortable going to one next right, year right um but packs unplugged next year um i'd say uh is it's later in the year it's one of my favorite conventions um the dm skilled community really shows up or has shown up big uh, at that convention um i'm really looking forward to that if it feels safe fingers right, crossed right Fingers crossed, knock on wood, pinch of salt, take a vaccine, like the yeah. whole, all yeah, the whole nine yards. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's interesting um, because uh, when I tweeted, I guess yesterday that uh, we were going to be chatting today, uh, Justice Armand commented that like you're one of his favorite people that he's never met. 
Um, and we kind of, and then he and I had a sidebar conversation about that, but it, I, I feel like it's something that's very true in the past year for, for people who are making new friends or new acquaintances or new connections. And it's all been online. Cause we haven't had a chance to, uh, go to Gen Con or, or go to, you know, PAX Unplugged and actually see each other face to face. So I feel like everybody's going to have this kind of hit list of like people who are friends that they haven't gotten to like shake hands with yet. They're that they're finally going to get to go meet. Um, whether that's end of next year or 22 or whenever it may be, I'm, I'm sure it will happen and everyone's going to be pretty pumped, uh, for when, for when that day comes. It's going to be exciting. I'm excited to meet people and my, it's, it's an odd little thing, but I really like meeting people and them either being much shorter or much taller than I thought they were. Cause even when you do see people, it's in this little box, right? right? This little right. webcam box. <laughs> Um, so especially when they're taller, it's really yeah, fun yeah. for me. Cause I'm short. You have no real, you have no real frame of reference <laughs> yeah. for, uh, yeah, that's super fun. Um, what, do you have anything that you're looking forward to in, in 21, uh, within the community, whether that's like product releases or maybe something you're a part of or streaming shows, uh, is there content or something coming out that you're really excited to check out in the new year? Ooh, yes. Um, so what's coming up? in directly in the new year so in january uh i've organized my first actual play for my own twitch channel uh which is twitch.tv slash lisa penrose um i've organized a good society game because i love that game so much i want to play it more and also promote it uh but because i'm known for spooky things having produced shows like tales from the mists on the DD channel mm -hmm. um it's a haunting of uh storyline for good society so normally that good society fantastic. is very like jane austen yeah. bridgerton if you're watching the new show on netflix um but this is a spooky version uh of uh good society it's called haunting of good society um and the players are me friday elliott from friday afternoon tea and eugenio vargas um from motherlands rpg and and many other things um, and we're playing three sisters who were also um, who were child detectives until a mysterious incident. And then we all left home and each other, um, but we're reuniting over um, uh, a wedding uh, back in our hometown. And through the course of four episodes, we find out what exactly had us part ways in the first place. Um, so. I'm very excited for that. That that is very exciting. I'm a huge, huge like Jane Austen and just kind of period like stories like that fan. Um, so mm -hmm. I'm very excited to watch Bridgerton. It's on it's on my list. Um, oh, Bridgerton's so good. But I Sorry. also love. Oh no no no. See, I, I I just saw it. I didn't even. I don't think I even read the description. I was like, that looks British and colorful, and I will add it to my <laughs> list. And then yep. later, I was like, yep, nope, that's what I want to watch. Um, but I love spooky stuff too. And I love like that kind of mashup. I really enjoyed, uh, undead wood that critical role did last year, the, the mashup of wild west and kind of spooky undead and, um, Oh, that, that's super fun. So January, is there, is there an official yes, day January, yet specifically? Um, yes. Yeah, so, uh, not this Friday, which is the first, but starting January 8th, uh, at 5 PM Pacific time on twitch.tv slash Lisa Penrose. And for the following three Fridays, so four episodes total, uh, we'll be doing this Haunting of Good Society mini-series. Excellent. Well, th this episode of the podcast should drop that week, so make sure if you're listening on the podcast, check out the show notes, and we'll make sure that we have a link to uh, your Twitch channel there so you can check it out. Uh, that's very exciting. I will look forward to seeing it. I'm also in the middle of trying to, uh, to plan with some other people a, a live stream game, and there's so much that goes into it that you don't maybe initially 
expect, especially if you're someone, and maybe you also deal with this, who has a marketing background, you're like, well, there are X, Y, Z things that I have to do and I want to do well. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's exciting to have it right there, ready uh, ready to launch for you in just a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. Our session zero was so the great thing about Good Society is that it very much encourages the players to be part of the storytelling and to create like the scandal and rumors and um, all the drama together. Yeah. And so our session zero, there was some good stuff. Um, and I, we actually recorded that. So that's going to be a Patreon exclusive nice. uh, for myself next week. Very nice. Well, now I'm adding that to my list of things to be excited for in the new year as well. <laughs> Oh man. Um, well, I think, I think we're almost up against it. I don't want to keep you too long, uh, though I am going to keep you around a bit longer, uh, because those of you uh, who've seen the show before, you know that if you are a supporter of the show's Patreon at patreon.com slash roll for persuasion, you get access to the bonus zone of truth segments, uh, that I do with all of my guests almost for a year now. So there's a good back catalog of 50 or 60 episodes of of these bonus segments where I chat with people just about um, stuff they're into, hobbies they really enjoy. Last week, uh, I had some of the people from 20 Side Stories, and they introduced me to astrology, uh, something I've been super interested in but never really gotten to learn about, so they taught me about that. Uh, Margaret Weiss taught me about her dog training that she does. Uh, I don't know. Mark Humes and I talked about uh, LARPing for far too long, which because I am uh, super interested in all that. So all I have to say, these Zone of Truth segments are super duper fun. And uh, if you support the show uh, for a few bucks a month, which I very much appreciate, then you get access to them in your special podcast feed. And uh, you also occasionally get cool holiday presents from me, which I shipped a bunch out of this past week. So um, support the show. I support you. It's a lot of fun. And uh, you get to hear some more cool conversations. Uh, Lisa, I, I don't know. We didn't even talk about what, what should we talk about? What are your what are your hobbies or things that you are into or, or things that you're passionate about outside of gaming? Goodness. So probably what people know the most for me um, is that uh, I'm also very much into witchy things. And so a lot of what I stream, I stream a Tarot Tuesday stream, which is kind of evolving in the new year. Uh, So we could maybe talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, But also right now I'm really into journaling and I've just made a reading journal for 2021 that I'm really excited about. I uh, my, my wife is super into journaling and I am super into the idea of journaling in so much as that I have a journal. And it sits there. So that, that's a goal for me for 21. Uh, I would love to talk about witchy stuff because like full confession, growing up uh, in a very conservative Christian home in the South, that was very much off limits. Um, so I know I know nothing, but I'm very curious. So if, if you feel like giving me a crash course in that, that could, be a, that could be a lot of fun if you're open to that. Yeah, let's talk tarot. Cool. And that's what we'll do. We'll uh, we'll talk tarot. And if you support the show, roll for, uh, pardon me, patreon.com slash roll for persuasion, you will also be able to hear that conversation. Um, before we go, where can people find you? Where can they check out your stuff and get in touch with you and interact with you online? Absolutely. You can find me at Lisa Penrose. That's Lisa with a Y uh, on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. I also have my own podcast that spotlights uh, stories from badass femmes in tabletop called Behold Her Podcast, uh, which you can check out at beholdherpodcast.com. Awesome. And we'll put links for all of that in the show notes as well. Um, so you can definitely go and check everything that she's doing out and, uh, and keep an eye cause there's lots of cool new stuff coming in the new year. And so um, I'm super excited to see what you have in a uh, 2021 and beyond. <laughs> thank you so much for joining and thank you guys uh, for watching live for putting up with, uh, tech issues cause they happen, but we roll with it because this is life. I mean, it's 2020. What are you going to do? We just, we just got to roll with it and go with it. But thank you so much for joining. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you so much for that. 
if you have a chance and you have an Apple device or you know someone with an Apple device um, or you live near an Apple store and it's safe to go there because you're in a country that isn't America, um, you can go to Apple Podcasts app and look up the show, leave us a review, uh, subscribe. It's a big help and not just to the show, but in helping other people find out about it. I happen to think that we do a kind of cool thing getting to have these chats with creators and I would love if you shared that with people as well. So leave a review there. Apple Podcasts, podchaser.com is another great place. You can follow the show, rollforpersuasion.com or at rollpersuasion on Twitter. I'm always happy to chat with people on there. And that is it, guys. So until next time, please make sure that you enjoy your games. Bye.